Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Amen. If you would, just go ahead and get your Bibles. We're going to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 while you're turning there let me let me just give you the basis for this message today Um, going through this this week my mind often went to this being the week of one year since sister Jessica has gone home to be with the Lord and reached her reward certainly she wins and I was just having thoughts and praying for the family praying for uh, uh, the kids and this this started this verse started to ring in my head today the last over the last week and I want to bring it to you it's from 2nd Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 2nd Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 You've heard this before, but let's look at it again. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death, hath brought light and immortality to light, through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. And this is the verse that has rung in my head this week. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless, I am persuaded. For I know who I am believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and in love which is in Christ Jesus, the good thing which was committed unto thy keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege, God, of knowing you. You are the answer. I pray, Father, that you would help me today share to this people what has been burning in my heart today. I pray, God, that you would move upon us. Help us, Lord, to honor you in your word today. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. I want you to turn to three or four people and just simply say, I am persuaded. I am persuaded.
In considering this message today, I begin to take an inventory about the blessings of God and the gifts of God that I have been privileged to receive, that you have been privileged to receive, that truly we could say, as the old song says, I am blessed, I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. Amen. How many know that God gives abundantly and generously? The psalmist put it in words like this, 103 and 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And forget not all of his benefits. What are they? Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all thy diseases. Who redeemed thy life from destruction and crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfy thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. I am blessed today with unspeakable, innumerable amounts of blessing. I am so glad today for the gift of forgiveness. I'm glad today for the gift of mercy. I'm glad today for the gift of healing. I'm glad today for the gift of redemption. Amen. I'm glad for his loving kindness and his tender mercies. I'm so thankful. James put it like this in chapter 1 and verse 17. Every good... Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variables, neither shadow of turning. I realize today that we could all perhaps spin a sad story. We could all tell of, of difficulties in our life and problems in our life and we, we might want to compare how bad it is and, and we often do. I can remember years ago when Sister Gill and I were evangelizing in the state of Tennessee, <clears throat> two little boys were arguing or talking about different things, and, the, and, and, and this one little boy said, I cut my arm on a piece of glass. And the other boy looked at him and said, I cut my leg on a piece of glass. You know, we, we, we can look at our situations and our, our life story and we can say, you know what, I've had it bad. And somebody else say, well, you think that's bad? I've got it bad and I've had these horrible things. But if you would stop for a moment with me today, let's count our blessings. Let's count the good gifts that God has given to us. Oh, let's count the good things that God has blessed us with. Hallelujah. While the world is wanting good things related to possessions, but how how can, you, how can you put a monetary value on forgiveness? How can you put a monetary value on grace? I am blessed. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, comes from God. Hallelujah. Not, not uh, left out in this particular equation is the gift of faith. I, I want to show you what Paul said in Romans 12 and 3 when he says, For, for 
I say through the grace given unto me and every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly according as God has dealt or God has given to every man the measure of faith. Amen. God has given to every man, every woman, every man has been given a gift of faith. But what we do with that faith will determine the growth of that faith. He has given to us faith, faith. I don't earn faith by my ingenuity. I don't earn faith by my good works. The Bible said faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he gives me that gift. Somebody say, I've been given faith. I have been given faith, a measure of faith. I want to build on that faith. Jude writes, building up on your faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I believe we ought to build on that measure. We ought to grow that measure. But it didn't come because I am Pentecostal apostolic. Faith didn't come because of 105 years of heritage. Faith didn't come because my dad was a preacher and my mama was a prayer warrior. But faith came because it began as a seed in me being a gift the gift of faith I'm thankful today for the gift of the Holy Ghost but I wouldn't have the Holy Ghost if it didn't have faith I'm thankful for the gift of righteousness, but I wouldn't have righteousness if I didn't have the gift of faith. I'm thankful for the gift of the ministry, the fivefold ministry that Paul talks about. I'm thankful for all that, but I wouldn't understand that and know what that is without the gift of faith. I'm thankful for the nine gifts of the Spirit. I'm thankful for the gift of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. I'm thankful for the gift of healing. and I'm thankful for all of these gifts, tongues and interpretation of tongues. I'm thankful for the gift of a teacher. I'm thankful for the gift of, of helps and governments. I'm thankful for the gifts that he gives us, but I would not know them were it not for the gift of faith. I'm thankful for the gift of Christ. I'm thankful for the gift that God has given to us, but at the foundation of it is the gift of faith. He's given us so much. Paul wrote in our text, and he starts off with some things that God didn't give us. Something God didn't give us. Aren't you thankful for the things that God doesn't give you? Amen. He said, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Amen. Important truths you need to know about that statement. Fear is a spirit and it doesn't come from God. Number one, fear is a spirit and fear doesn't come from God. Where does it come from if it doesn't come from God? It is not just merely a thought. It's not merely a mindset. It's a spirit and it comes from the enemy. Those who live in fear are living in a constant negative re retraction from faith are pulling away from faith because the spirit of fear wants to combat the faith that God has given to you. When I begin to look at the spirit of fear, it is defined as the spirit of timidity. I've preached on this before, but let me just quickly hit it, and then we'll run on to get to our, our main point today. And that is uh, hell wants God's people to live 
in paranoia. Hell wants God's people to live petrified. Hell wants God's people to live in, in constant worry and constant turmoil. Hell wants your mind to be in turmoil today. Amen. That get That's something that comes from darkness. It doesn't come from God. And he said, God has not given me the spirit of fear. Say it with me. God has not given me the spirit of fear. Hallelujah. The spirit of fear is something that will be a, 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 a battle. Amen. Some of us battle all of our life, but you can't overcome it with your flesh. You can't overcome it with just positive thinking. It can only be defeated by some things that God does give you. So he did not give us the spirit of fear, but he's given to us the spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. It's like a great fighter in the ring that steps up into the, the enemy called fear. It'll throw a left and then a right and then an uppercut and knock them down because there's something about the gift of God. God didn't give you fear, but he's given you power. God didn't give you fear, but he's given you love. God didn't give you fear, but he's given you a sound mind. Somebody ought to reach up and take that gift today and say, that's mine. It belongs to me. I'm going to get it because it belongs to me. God didn't give me worry. Amen. But he's given me power. God didn't give me timidity, but he's given me courage. The spirit of power. The spirit of power. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost comes into us. You shall receive. You shall receive power, power, power. Everything about God is about power. It's a gift that operates in a way that we don't even realize. You are more powerful this morning than you think you are. You've got more power than all the devils of hell. You, you, you may feel like, I don't have power over this. Yes, you do. Amen. The Holy Ghost brings boldness. Look at the book of Acts. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost brought boldness and brought courage. Amen. They still faced jail. They still faced being arrested. They still faced trials. They still faced tests. They faced persecution but they had power to go on to overcome in their trial, to overcome in their fear, to overcome in their worry, to overcome, amen. We want the Lord to just wipe it away. We want him to just simply erase the fear from our mind. That's not the way our God is, amen. Sometimes he comes in and he says, I'm gonna give you the power through it, amen. It may not be that he removes it, but he gives you the power through it. Give us a spirit of power, the spirit of love. The epistle of John, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18 puts it like this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Love is a fear killer. Cultivate love. Love is a fear killer. Cultivate love. 
Amen. But perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. You say, how am I going to love in this situation? How am I going to love when I feel like I've been injured? How am I going to love when I feel like I've been wronged? How am I going to be loved because he first loved me? He first loved you. That's how you love in the trial. That's how you love in the affliction because he first loved you. I want you to know you can stand in confident love because he said, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I want you to be convinced today of this particular fact. So we overcome by the spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Anybody else ever quote this verse? Isaiah 26 and 3. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Hallelujah. I couldn't say that verse without faith. I couldn't, I, 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 I couldn't believe that verse without faith. I couldn't quote it in confidence without faith. But I believe the Lord said it and it must be so. You would keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Fear comes when we get our mind off the Lord. Fear comes when we get our mind on our problems all the time. My, didn't Pastor Dylan preach us a dynamic message last Sunday? If you got to choose your mind, you got to pick your mind, you got you got to pick the path for your mindset. Hallelujah, but fear is destroyed by these three gifts of God. Then Paul says, after that, you thought, well, that would be a good time to end the sermon, Paul. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Done. Be not therefore, be not thou therefore, he said in verse 8, ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor me his prisoner. So he reminds him, hey, y'all, I'm in jail and preaching this. I'm writing this incarcerated. He said, don't be ashamed of my testimony. Don't be ashamed of me being a prisoner. He said, but be thou partaker of the afflictions. So Paul says, quit your belly aching, quit your griping, and put your mourning about me and my situation. Why don't you join me? Paul, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. You want me to willfully join you in this? He said, join with me and be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. What is he saying? He said, listen, you can join with me and be accounted a part of this affliction with the gospel, but I'm getting through it according to the power of God. It's the gospel and the power of God that makes the affliction pale in comparison. It is the gospel and the power of God that can make you look at your trial, make you look at your test, make you look like 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 like, like you're just, just just walking through it like a breeze with a breeze amen how is it because i'm walking in the power of god in my affliction i'm walking in the gospel in my affliction i'm walking with the power of god through my trial yes. he continues in verse 9 who hath saved us somebody say he saved me 
He rescued me. He delivered me. <laughs> I'm still in my affliction, but I'm walking saved. I'm still in my trial, but I'm walking delivered. I'm still battling this, but I'm walking free. Amen. That has got to run the devil ragged as he continues to throw things at us and throw things at us, and yet we still show up and lift our hands and praise God. He continues to attack our mind and attack our mind. What are we saying? I am a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel through the power of God. Why? I go back to what he's given me. The spirit of love, the spirit of power, and the spirit of a sound mind. I'm not going to act like the normal worry wart that wrings their hands in frustration and fear. Because I'm saved in my affliction. I'm saved in my affliction. He says, who has saved us, verse 9, and called us with a holy calling not according to our works. Let's park the brake right here. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. He saved me. He delivered me. How did I do it? Not by my efforts. Can I tell you I've learned the harder I work in my trouble, the worse I get. Let me say it again. The harder I work to get myself out of it, the worse it gets. You and I don't survive by our ingenuity. You can stand and say, I got this until you're blue in the face. But if you don't have uh, the backing behind it, if you don't have the foundation behind it, if you don't have the gift of faith behind it, uh, amen, yea, verily, if you don't have the persuasion of God's goodness, if you don't have the persuasion of God's power and the persuasion of the gift of God, you may not make it. But I want to tell you, if you will stand in God's salvation, if you will stand because he rescued you, it is his power that delivered you, not your mind, not your thinking, but it is his power. Hallelujah. I'm delivered. I'm saved by the power of God, by the purpose of God, and by the grace of God. If you can't live with those three things, you will miss out. Amen. Today, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, you are rescued by the power of God. Somebody say the power of God. You are rescued by the purpose of God. God's got a greater purpose than what you see is going on right now. God is going to meet with you in your purpose and you are rescued by the grace of God. These are not your works. These are not our efforts but rather they are the gift of God that he gives us. Then he said which was given us in Christ before the world began. He said, power, purpose, and grace was given to us in Christ before the world began. So whatever you're dealing with now, he's already had a plan for it 
before the world began. Whatever you're going through now, he's already had a plan to help save you, deliver you, and rescue you. It may not be from your affliction, but it may very well be in your affliction. Paul is saying, no doubt with chains rattling from his arms, I am persuaded, amen, because I understand that he had a plan, he had a purpose, amen, and he had power before the world ever began. He saw me, he knows me he's not going to forget me in my affliction or out of my affliction when I'm up or when I am down he knows me he said before the world began then look verse 10 there's a comma there that leads us into verse 10 but is now made manifest this power this purpose this grace is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at this. Look at the three things that he brought as well. Gifts. He abolished death. Somebody say amen. He abolished death. He hath brought life and immortality to light. Three things that he done through the gospel is number one, his death, burial, and resurrection put an end to death. His death, his burial, his resurrection put an end to death. The word abolished here literally means to put an end to, to invalidate, to abolish, cause not to function, be freed, be released from an earlier obligated relationship. Mr. Uh, James Fawcett and Brown, rather commentator, uh, commentary says this about this, this phrase, abolish death. He says that the Greek means taking away away the power from death he took away the power of death amen the greek article here mr james fawcett brown's uh, uh, commentary rather says the greek article before death implies that christ abolished death not only in the same in some particular instance but in its very essence its very being and idea as well as in all aspects and consequences the carrying out of the abolishing of death into full effect is seen by the resurrection amen the death of the body meanwhile is but temporary and is made no account by Christ unto the apostles what did they say and they're saying that when he abolished death you still see death you still see dying because God's word said it's appointed and a man wants to die and then the judgment but the power of death has been abolished the eternal effects of death have been abolished one day there's going to be a resurrection one day there's going to be a resurrection how do you know that I'm persuaded because there's a risen Savior there's going to be a risen loved one there's going to be a risen body who those that are in Christ he's going to rise from my Lord you got to be persuaded in this hour he abolished death he abolished death hallelujah Sister Gill and I experienced three 
had three miscarriages in our marriage. Somewhere on the other side are three children. Three grown-ups, however God puts them in the place where we see them on the other side. I'm going to meet them somehow, some way. How do I know that? Because he abolished death. He abolished death. I'm going to hug my dad one of these days. Amen. How do I know that he abolished death? I know that if they put me in the grave, I'm not staying there because the grave can't hold me. The grave can't hold me. How do you know that? It has been abolished. It, oh, I see the effects now, but don't let your faith be, be, be limited in just seeing what it is now. Oh, on the other side, on the other side, there is an abolishment of death. Death was meant to be permanent. But when Jesus rose from the grave, he became the victor over death. So now we say, as Paul did, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, grave, where is your sting? So he abolished death. Another thing he did, he brought life to light. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ not only abolished death and made a way for my sin to be remitted. Life. For my soul to experience abundant life. For there to be a transformation. For there to be a change. He brought life to light. I can tell you of Sherman who sat on his side of his bed with a pistol in his hand to blow his brains out. He had no reason to live. But he heard a voice talking to him. I love you. I love you. Sherman put the gun down, found his way to an altar of prayer. And committed his life to God. Why? Because he got a taste. He saw the light of life. He saw the light of life. Hallelujah. How about you who were headed for hell? Headed for the dark regions of darkness. Amen. But you saw the light of life. I'd rather have in this world, in this present age, I'd rather know Jesus and the gospel than have all the money in the world, have all the fame in the world, have all the knowledge in the world, because knowledge is going to cease. Amen. But one day there is going to be a resurrection. One day there is going to be a resurrection. And I want to be a part of that number. I am persuaded. He brought life to light. He brought immortality to life. Amen. This is the life hereafter. He brought life. He brought light. He brought immortality to light. And he abolished death. If that's not a reason to live for God, amen, in your trial, in your test, I don't know what is. But he went on to say, he said in verse 11, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. He said, now my purpose is to carry 
carry out the ministry and the appointment which God has given to me. He said then verse 12, for the which cause, for the which cause, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless, I am, I am not ashamed for I know who I am believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Here is the great truth of that verse is that Paul's not talking about his mind has been convinced. He's not talking about that his thinking has been convinced only, but he's talking about as the word, the root word of this word persuaded in the Greek really refers to your faith. You are convinced because of what God gave you. You're not convinced because of what you know. You're not convinced because of how much you have, but you're convinced because of the gift of God. I want to say I believe in counselors. I believe in getting help. I believe in all those kind of things. But there comes a moment in time when you've got to say, I'm standing on the gift that God gave me, and it's my faith. Therefore, I can say of a surety, I am persuaded. I'm not going to change my mind. I'm persuaded. I'm convinced by faith. I am sure by faith. I'm positively persuaded by faith. I am absolutely sure by faith. Hallelujah. I'm thoroughly and completely convinced by faith. The, the interesting part of this, this is coming from uh, one Greek definition of this word, persuaded. It literally means to be persuaded or induced by words to believe. Persuaded or induced by words to believe. Faith cometh by and hearing by the word of God. I want the word in me because that is the pretense and pretext of my persuasion. I'm persuaded because faith that come by the word of God. If you have just a little bit of, of a gift of faith, all you do is water it by the word. Water it by the word. Water it by the word. And your faith will begin to become a persuasion. This word here, according to one uh, writer said it, that th this word here is in the perfect tense, which means action completed at a specific point of time in the past with results continuing in the present. So what Paul is saying, there came a moment when I was convinced. There came a moment when I was convinced. I was persuaded. And now I am still persuaded. I'm not up and down with my faith. And I'm not wishy-washy with my faith. I have a holy conviction. I am persuaded that there's a future for me. And I don't care what this world says. I don't care what the, uh, the naysayers say and the doubters say. I believe on the other side there's a hope for me I'm persuaded I'm persuaded Paul why are you persuaded I've got the gift of love the gift of power the gift of the sound mind Paul why are you persuaded I've got power in afflictions by the gospel I've been saved in my affliction, delivered in my moment. Paul was freer in chains than most people are without them. 
Paul, why are you persuaded? Because I've, I've got a purpose. God's got a purpose for me. I have a calling. Amen. I've got a powerful purpose. Before the world began, God understood something in my life. How, how are you persuaded, Paul? I'm persuaded because death has been abolished. I have new life now and eternal life then. I'm persuaded because death has been abolished. I have new life now and I have eternal life in the future. Hallelujah. I will experience suffering. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. I'm persuaded. I will. It's what he said. I will experience suffering, but nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. I am persuaded. I am persuaded God has a plan. I am persuaded that God is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to thank the Lord for the persuasion that you have in your soul. It didn't come by your good works. It doesn't come by your heritage. It comes by the gift of faith that God put in you. Therefore, you don't earn it. You just got to believe. It. You don't work towards it. You believe. I don't know if I'm conveying what I'm feeling, but I sure like what I'm feeling. Let me say again, I don't know if I'm conveying what I'm feeling, but I sure like what I'm feeling. Praise God. Let's, let's look at something Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. And having the same spirit of faith, let me just say it like this, and having the same persuasion, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus. I may not be living when Jesus returns back to this world to take us on home. But if I am sleeping beneath the cold gray, I'll rise up with power on the great judgment day. Do, do you know the woman that wrote that song that Brother Johnson made famous singing it? The woman who wrote that song actually is out of the, the church in Iron Hill that we passed for some time. She wrote that song, her name, Sister Graves, Dying with Cancer. She wrote that song. The grave can't hold me, for I will come out. I'll rise up with power. Amen. Why? Because somewhere somebody got persuaded in their mind. God's got this. I'll make it. I'll overcome. Hallelujah. And so, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you for all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God for which cause we faint not. Why? I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed every day. I am persuaded. Amen. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Amen. Remember. 
Brother Dylan using this text, worketh for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. Not persuaded by my works. Not persuaded by my bank account. Not persuaded by what I see. Not persuaded by what I feel. But I'm persuaded by the gift that God's given to me. I've got faith. I've got faith. And he told me I didn't need a whole lot. All I need is a little bit of a mustard seed that I'll plant in the ground. I'm going to be okay. And my family's going to be okay. My life is going to be okay. Why? Because I am persuaded. This was the kind of faith that Abraham manifested. Paul wrote about in Romans chapter 4 and verse 19. And being not weak in faith. You see it? Being not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead. I'm sorry, I'm past that age. Uh So what? When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness hallelujah I want to tell you today God is not some kind of a a, a spiritual Santa Claus handing out gifts to us willy-nilly I still believe he's the healer I still believe he's the deliverer, amen, but somehow for some reason he does not. One thing I know is I'm still persuaded. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. I've come, they've come too late to tell me that he doesn't exist. I've watched and seen with my own eyes way too much. I know what God can do. I know what God can do. I see it in you. I see it in your life. I see how God brought you through and what God brought you through. And the devil had you, but now he doesn't. Living by faith is a persuasion. Persuaded. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. In Romans chapter 8, you know the the text. Verse 35, Paul says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, shall tribulation, shall problems, afflictions, distress, pressures, stress, persecution, never knew what they wrote about me on Facebook or famine hallelujah the same God that brought my parents through the depression is the same God that will bring me through prosperity One of the greatest things that has hit the, 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 the nation is we're full of our bellies. We're blessed. We're blessed. And we've got so much. All these 
punks. That's what I'm going to call them, punks. They're no, they don't have a job unless they're getting paid to protest, hitting people, throwing sticks at people, shooting water on cops. Amen. If they were hungry, they'd be going to find a way to get something to eat. But prosperity can be more dangerous than depression. Amen. My mom and dad went through the depression. My mom kept to, 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 the, to the day that we uh, uh, began to clean out. Sister Gill found uh, uh, stacks of aluminum foil that my mom had washed and kept for years and years and years until it was so threadbare. But they learned how to survive through the depression. Amen. I'm going to tell the church today, the problem is not us surviving through depression. It's surviving through prosperity and pleasure and having so much that we've got to pull back with self-control. And we've got to pull back with an understanding that God can see me through. I'm not going to get sucked into Babylon's mentality, into this world's mentality. He said, tell tribulation, distress, or persecution, famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. For it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Paul, that is not really a good message. I don't like that. I, I'm, can I be honest with you? And anybody that says that they do is much more spiritual than I. For thy sake, we're killed all of the day long. Sign me up. I want that. I want that killing. I want that heartache. I want that. He said, we're killed all the day long and accounted as sheep for the slaughter. You're headed to the slaughterhouse. You're going to go through this, and you're going to, oh, Paul, please preach. Let's go back to verse 28. Anybody know what verse 28 says? Uh -huh. We know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And then he goes over and messes up all of our theology, and he says, and we're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Wait, wait, wait. Let's go back up to... Nay. He says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And then look what he says in verse 38. For I am persuaded. I am convinced by faith. I am ultra convinced by faith, I am persuaded abundantly and clearly that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come. Now, he had said we're going we're gonna to face like, uh, like sheep to the slaughter, but here's what he did come tell us uh, is that we're going to be in that facing, in that trial. We are going to be more than conquerors, for he said, I am persuaded death can't match me. Mm, life and all of its issues. I'm going to be an overcomer. Principalities, I face devils. I face powers from the darkness. Amen. Things present, things to come. I'm going to make it no matter what. Well, if I Pastor, I want to try believing again because I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to get offended. Yes, sir, you sure will. Yes, you will. 
Somebody's going to say something that offends somebody. Something's going to happen that's going to hurt. Somebody say that's life. Life doesn't have to separate you from the love of Christ. Hallelujah. If you're persuaded, if you're persuaded, no devil is greater than you. If you're persuaded, no power, no authority. Government are out out of a, a, a government, nor things present or things to come. Neither height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Jesus, our Lord, I am persuaded. So I want to live persuaded. I want to live with a persuaded mind. I want to live with the persuaded mindset that says God's got this, whether I'm in it or out of it. God's got this. He's got a purpose. I'm not walking in fear. I'm going to walk in the power of a sound mind. I'm going to walk in God's love. Is there anybody persuaded in this house today that knows that no matter what happens to you, that even if you do die, Take it to the grave. I am persuaded. I think they need to write that song, rewrite it. Everything's going to be all right. Oh, I am persuaded. See, don't y'all like that version better? Everything's going to be all right. It's not just, 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 just a, a mental ascent of being convinced. You can try and effort your way through it, and you're going to find yourself losing. But when you step back and say, God, you've given to me faith. I look at this as you look at this. I see this as you see this. I don't got a clue. I don't have a clue. I don't understand. I don't have any understanding of what's going on. But somehow you had a purpose even before the world began. I'm persuaded. Who wouldn't want to go forward with that kind of confidence in their life? Stand with me, please. Oh, I want the Lord to heal. Yes, I do. And I'm persuaded he's the healer. Oh, I want the Lord to deliver. Yes, I do. I'm persuaded he's the deliverer. But I will tell you this. I do know he's the savior of my soul. And I can go to heaven with an ailment. Or I can go to hell with an ailment. I'd rather, by that I mean, I can have problems in this life and afflictions in this life. I can choose today. Am I going to walk down the path of destruction or do I walk down a path that he's already paved for me? That's what faith says. He's already paved the way. He's already made the way. I look at some of you over the years and in particularly dealing with lost loved ones and your faith inspires me. Because you've decided you're going to continue to live in victory. And it's so encouraging to watch that as God gives you faith to go on. I'm persuaded. Let's lift our, our voices right now to the Lord. Just lift up your hearts to the Lord right now. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.